and that goes down to, in terms of thinking about accessibility, thinking about if I'm, you know, technophobic or I'm not sure how to use something, I might not participate. So how do I make technology easy for those kind of users? How do I make it easy for them to contribute? On today's podcast, we welcome Katya and Gabriel, the co-founding and married team behind Clear People. Clear People have a product called Atlas, which is a people-first digital workspace where knowledge, communications and collaboration are brought together. And whilst we're all sat in our living rooms, it's important, more important than ever to make sure that ideas aren't lost and locked in people's heads. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, where we talk to leaders from across the industry and bring you some technology news. Welcome to another edition of Tech Talks. It's Tuesday. I'm joined by Keish. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good, Dave. How are you? Uh, yeah, good. How are you enjoying lockdown too? We're not supposed to call it lockdown, are we? It's, no. it's something else. The government doesn't want us to call it lockdown too. In fairness, it doesn't really feel like lockdown. I think everyone's just used to just being locked down, really. <laughs> or I can't call it lockdown, just isolating uh, or social distancing themselves from... Yeah, I mean, everyone's just gotten used to it now. Do you know what I mean? I, I First time round, obviously, it was a massive change to your lifestyle. Second time round, it's a few tweaks. You just can't go to restaurants anymore or, or the pubs. Because but... everywhere's doing takeaway. There's still quite a lot of places that you can go and do. It's not like, it doesn't feel like it did in March and April where it was literally mm. nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and also, I think with this time round, there's a lot more, a lot more people have still been kind of allowed to work i think um mm -hmm. obviously in march you just had everything finished like construction um you know kind of the, the 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 transport all these sorts of things and i think now you've got a lot more people that still have access to their jobs schools are still open which helps yeah. the roads uh, the roads are busy yeah exactly so yes we are in lockdown but i think we are in a bit more of a better lockdown i don't know i don't know how you say it but is, is that though because because is it really going to have any effect on the bloody virus numbers but uh have you seen today though apparently um 90 percent success rate on a trial vaccine they reckon they might have a vaccine out to frontline staff by christmas i did see that i did see that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so hopefully hopefully that'll be good but obviously then we go into a whole new debate about should people be getting a vaccine and you know should oh God. there's a lot of people you know we're, we're into that territory right um but yeah it, it was just good not to hear yeah. about the coronavirus on the news for the last week uh, oh there is that all, yes there is that do you know what i mean i mean i can't remember the last time i switched on the news channel and heard about covid in the uk or even saw boris or any of the the scientific committees or rishi sunak it was just good to watch you know the americans confuse themselves and you know, get all get all mental, and then finally come out with a winner, and see all that fold over the weekend. Yeah, the, best, the best thing was the memes about vote counting in places like Nevada. Yeah, the, the yeah. amount of taking of of just you know, how long does it take to count a vote? <laughs> literally, they didn't update for three days. Anyway, it was very good. Yeah, um, but it, it was it was good TV. It was very good TV. Um, it was. I mate, I I feel like I know the entire team at CNN like they're members of my own family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the what I did notice is they are they're a lot more animated than UK newsreaders and news presenters. Like, you know, if you if you switch between the BBC or Sky News and and then watch CNN, the animations and the hands and 
you know, just a, Hey, all this sort of stuff. It was just, yeah, it was just good to watch. Um, and for someone who's a bit nerdy, like me and you, we, we, we would actually pass time watching that to be honest, but you know, getting <laughs> to know Kent County, Montgomery County. Yeah, exactly. Manicopa, I think. Oh, yeah. Maricopa. That, that was up there, Maricopa. wasn't it? Maricopa, that was Maricopa. up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maricopa <laughs> County. Waiting for results from Maricopa County. Exactly. Right. Okay. Anyway, I think we'll get into our interview. No, no clunky transition to this one. We're just going to say that our guests are Gabriel and Katia. They are the co-founders of Clear People. We will play the interview. Then, of course, we'll be back with some commentary and then there'll be some technology news. So on today's show, we are talking to Katya and Gabriel, the co-founders and husband and wife team behind Clear People. And interestingly enough, not sitting in the same room. Absolutely. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) We're very fortunate that way. I was was interested to see who decided to answer that first, kind of a tentative (laughs) pause about who would kind of jump in and, uh, and suggest why that might not be the case. It would be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come on to that. Look, first of all, um, in case obviously someone has not come across the business before, which I imagine some of our listeners will not have done, um, who would be best placed to describe who exactly Clear People are? I can start. Um, Clear People is an award-winning technology company that builds and delivers Atlas, which is our people-first digital workspace solution. Mm-hmm. That's in a nutshell. I would say, you know, we're a tech company and, and then we do we do something that's really use, user-friendly and usable and so on. But of course, I, I, I can hear our cat now in the background. Um, that's that's, that's the modern way of the world. I, I often <laughs> have to shot my cat in a different part of the house, I'll be perfectly honest. Yeah, no, I think Katja's uh, summary is, is is great. But I think we, we distinguish ourselves really by being very, um, very focused on on aspects around inclusivity and knowledge and accessibility, making sure that people can access um, everything they need to be able to access to be successful in their job. We have some some principles and, you know, we got a mission really around what we what we do. And that's really summed up in what Katja said, uh, but we're quite passionate about that. When you talk about Atlas and you talk about a people-first digital workspace, mm. What does a people first digital workspace mean in 2020? Because surely everything is a is a digital workspace now. Um, so how do you differentiate? Suddenly, I suppose you've gone from a, from a marketplace where there were a few offerings to a marketplace where everyone has an offering of a type. I think. I mean, so the people first is really important. Um, I think. The problem is with technology, often people think about technology first, and this is the problem. They don't think about the human experience, and this is something as clear people we've always focused on, designing around people or designing around humans, because technology is already complex as it is. How do we simplify it? So the people first is an, a, a kind of that's one of the approaches about simplification. So we have a very clear thing. We always try to make it as easy as possible to use the technology that we develop. But the people first also is in key in terms of where we are right now in society. In some ways, you could argue about thinking about how do we engage employees better? How do we make sure that we're thinking about them first, you know what I mean, in terms of some of the decisions we're making, um, how do we empower them? So we talk about the three E's, empowering, experiencing, and engaging. So those are the kind of when we talk about people first, how do we bring those elements into the digital workspace? Yeah. And I think if you if you look at what 
uh, is it Richard Branson and, and others that say, you know, if you treat your people first, your employees really well, they're going to treat your customers really well. So I think there's a lot, there's a lot to be said for a people first approach. So look, we joked about it at the beginning, but uh, Clear People has been around for 17 years. Yes. yes just over. Yeah. Were you a married couple 17 years ago or is, is it, which, which came first? <laughs> Oh my goodness. No, marriage came first, then mm-hmm. the first baby, then three months later, clear people. Wow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> While you were doing an MBA. Yes. You've obviously worked and lived together successfully for, for, for almost two decades then and brought up a family at the same time. Mm. Kind of we're joking that you sat in different rooms, but I think everyone appreciates right now that everyone needs a degree of space. But, you know, beyond the immediate kind of 2020 COVID situation. What do you put the success down of, of running a successful business for so long whilst also being a married couple? Because there must be times where you just need to put work to one side. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if I look at it, I think there's three key elements and they, they're they similar for marriage in some ways. <laughs> so let's go through them. Be brave, you know, and I think sometimes be brave um, in terms of if you're thinking about starting a business and believing in yourself and kind of getting uncomfortable with uncertainty. And sometimes it might even be in a relationship, being brave about taking that step of meeting that person or continuing with that relationship. Being relentless, you know, keep going even with all the highs and lows, you know, um, in a business that's really important. Um, You know, there'll be, and the same with a partnership, you could argue, you know, it's not going to be perfect, never, you know, but you keep, going and then being resilient you know accepting sometimes and I think this is more for the business side (laughs) than Mm. a a relationship but being resilient accepting that you get knocked down sometimes and just pick yourself up and get going but I think the important is um, you know having a partner to cheer you on and give you that courage has been one of the key things Um, I think you know we have our our days, some days are better than other days. And so we pick each other up, the one who might be going, oh, this is so hard. And then the other person goes, yes, come on, no, you can do it. And so I think that's really important in all of that. Mm. And I think I think specifically for us, we've been very lucky that we, um, we've been very, we're very complimentary. Uh, I'm disorganized, Katja is organized, etc. <laughs> so there's a lot of that, but we are actually, all joking aside, very complimentary. And um there's that checks and balances thing as well. So I will probably be the more sort of, oh, let's just go do that and whiteboard it and 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 really sort of gung ho about certain things. And Katja will be more sensible and make sure it's done in a structured way. Um, so I think there's that we've been very lucky that we've been able to complement each other, bounce off each other, and you know there some of it we've had to learn as well how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely been some learning. Like, like, don't treat me as a, as a wife in the office, and don't treat me as a husband in the office. That that kind of stuff. No, I, I would just want to just explore that a tiny bit because it is interesting for anyone who's going into into this kind of situation. If we, if we specifically think about startups, the startups I've spoken to over the years, you know, you, you might have a fledgling company, and someone might be a CEO, and someone might be a CPO or a COO or whatever. And, and as the company grows, they might go, I might be founder of this business, but I might not be the best person to lead it. And sometimes it can take a, a co-founding team to recognize their strengths and weaknesses and kind of intervene and say, you're probably not best in that role, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Well, we went when you come that. home and you talk to your husband yeah. or wife. Yeah, we went through that. No, no, we went yeah. through that. So I, I was the, in a sense, I was the de facto uh, leader initially. You know, that was sort of like 
people sort of thought, you know, our hours, the, you know, we were equal, but that was a clear problem for, for quite a few, few years because I was more outspoken when it comes to technology. We were very, you know, there was a lot of technology going on. I was, I was more outselling. So I was more funding the business. So it, it, it was very clear to many, very obvious. Oh, he must be the, the leader. The, the fact is that, you know, we got to a stage where we as a business need to be clear about who is, who is our managing director. And at that point, it was also very clear. Well, well, I, I've always known I'm, I'm, I'm not a people person as such. And also it was very clear that Katja would be the better one for the job. Um, and I, that took a bit of convincing in terms of Katja and, and a bit of a um, period to sort of acknowledging that actually she is the best one for the job. But that was sort of, you know, part of that journey as well. But it is interesting because as, as a married couple, your normal de facto is to pick the other person up and tell them that they can do things. So I suppose there is that element of, <clears throat> as you said before, times where you have to be colleagues and times where you have to be spouses. But it, it must be hard when you're building the business together. Yeah, but we were very good, actually, as Gabriel mentioned in the beginning, we really kept that separate. In fact, it was quite funny. Um, we'd been working with a client for at least a year and a half, and she didn't realize we were married. And she literally uh. fell off her chair when she heard we were, because we were really good about separating our personal life and our work life. And often we have to remind ourselves, like when we're interviewing someone, we go, by the way, just so you know, we are married. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I did notice, I did notice on LinkedIn that you have different surnames. Is that, is that a strategic choice or just? That's no. a choice. No, it's, uh, I, well, with the Italian passport, I get to keep my maiden right. name. Okay. And we had, we have a bit of a dispute on our wedding certificate. So it's just stayed that way. Oh, hey, look, my, wife, <laughs> my wife has not taken my surname because she hates it. So whatever. I used to care and then I stopped caring after a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but we, did, we did make the choice in the beginning, actually. It was practical that you just yeah. used your, your yeah. maiden name, which was on your passport anyway. Yeah. Um, it made it made sense. We we we. I, I guess a point that's important to make, which some will choose to do and some won't, but we chose very much to go with it. We don't want to be seen as a mom and pop shop. We were very very. It was a very clear thing for us. We did not want to be seen like because we had some certain ambitions for the company. Right. Now look, um, you mentioned earlier about this being an accessible and inclusive digital workspace. And it is something that's troubled me a little bit on the podcast in, in recent times, especially during COVID around, we've all got these platforms that kind of feel like they're set up for extroverts more than anything else. Um, certainly kind of when we're video conferencing, mm. it would be more likely to be the the outspoken people who are likely to make their voices heard more often than not. And then I suppose the question mark is, are companies thinking about how they make sure that they capture all the range of thoughts from across their business. How have you tried to solve some of those issues and make sure that you do deliver on that that line of being inclusive? It's a difficult one. It, it absolutely is, which is why I think there are so many technology solutions that are falling down uh, when it comes to that. Uh, there, there is a there is a there is a realization you've got to make, which is exactly the point you're making. There is no matter what technology you throw at people, people are still different, and and if you are an introvert. Um, you might come on to a Teams call, an all-hands Teams call, but it's a big, big, big step to do to, to then turn your your video on, right? 
So you've you've definitely got to go through a process where, hey, it's okay. Maybe you just turn it on to wave and then turn it off again and slowly, slowly let people get into the into the habit of using it. But there there is that side of it, which is the meetings and and can you expect people to sort of open up in a big forum? Maybe not, and maybe you shouldn't try to force them. Uh, in smaller meetings, I think people are generally more comfortable. But I think there's another side of it outside of that meetings and videos, which is how do you make people's voices heard? And how do you, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, we should still give everybody the, a fair chance to be successful in their work, right? That's that's really the key at the end of the day. And that's where having having the ability to bring the right information in front of people and that the work they are doing is equally shared with everybody else, that is actually, I, I would say, nearly more important than whether you can force them through a, you've got to turn your video on and be part of the meeting. Because actually, there's a lot of knowledge. In any case, this was a problem before. In any case, there's a lot of knowledge stuck in people's heads that didn't come out because they were also introverts before. They might not never mm -hmm. have said anything in meetings. They so 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 in any case, this is just a problem that might have become slightly more obvious now. Uh, but we are very very keen that knowledge that's residing across the business, wherever it might be, is part of the decision making process. Is part of your is part of your the, the the whole scope of what you see when you're looking for knowledge. One of the things we talk a lot about is, you know, the sort of collective intelligence, collective knowledge. And part of that, one of the fundamental principles is to make sure that the input you get is from a, from a broad spectrum, not from everyone necessarily, but from a broad spectrum. It's not always middle-aged white men that are giving input into decisions. You really got to make sure you get out there into the weeds and, and get get input from everybody. So, so it, 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 this whole inclusiveness is far more than just making sure people are included in meetings. Yeah, agreed. And I think, I think to your point, Gabriel, it's also about making things easier for them. So, mm. and that goes down to, in terms of thinking about accessibility, thinking about if I'm, you know, technophobic or I'm not sure how to use something, I might not participate. So how do I make technology easy for those kind of users? How do I make it easy for them to contribute, uh, whether that's in a meeting or contribute their knowledge, uh, contribute something. So making, you know, ha having that voice, I think you talked about, um, or having the confidence to have the voice because it's easy enough for me to do something. And I think that's really important. Um, and so then looking at ways, how you know, and that's what we're trying to do, you know, with what with the digital workspace and our solution is looking at breaking down some of those components and saying, how do we take from our physical environment into a kind of digital environment, some of those things that already maybe we were struggling with, but now it's compounded by remote working. And how do we break it down and make it easier for the user at the end of the day, whether they're an introvert, an extrovert, whether they, you know, know how to use the technology or not, how do we how can they get involved? Look, just as a last point, you obviously both have a very strong sense of purpose behind the company that you're building. It's not, you know, it's obviously been a very central part to both of your lives, your family, etc. Um do you, what do you think COVID has done with regards to renewing or maybe not challenging, but making you kind of frame where you're taking your business or where you're taking your careers in a slightly different light? Yeah. So I think it's been interesting in terms of going through COVID for two reasons. I think there's a personal and company side. The company side is in terms of what we're doing and 
where we're going, it's so relevant right now, um, even more so. And I think what's interesting is last year, if we had spoken to organizations, most would have gone, mm, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, but don't really get it, other than big organizations that were geographically spread. And suddenly now, we're, you know, with this blended working model, they're going, we get completely get you know what you what you know why we need to make it you know cohesive and why we need to make it more inclusive and why we need to basically share knowledge across because I can't just go tap the person next to me and ask them a question mm. but from a po personal point of view I think for me um I've been looking at you know what choices do we have post-covid you know do we go back to living in this world kind of that's basically non-inclusive or do we go and create a world that is inclusive and more transparent? And mm -hmm. I'd like to be part of that. And I think that's, for me, my kind of sense of purpose is looking at this and saying, well, how can I make a difference? And I think having a more inclusive world starts with where we spend most of our time in work. So, um, and I think, you know, that really is important and we need to think about that. And um, one of the things, you know, you're talking about, uh, white males earlier is if you think about it um, and uh, there's a, a fantastic speaker Frances Frey she's actually written a, a recently a book about this she articulates this really well she said imagine most companies recruit from a white male pool only you know she said but what if I got to pick from all the available people and you only got to access a quarter of them who would win and that's how we got to think about it. How do we make, and the same goes for knowledge, if I'm only accessing a quarter of the knowledge or less, but I make it accessible and inclusive to everyone else, imagine how I'm going to win that way. And that's how we got to see it. And I think that's really important. But I think it's a third element that I'm going to add is how we treat people at work also profoundly affects the way we go home and treat people in the span of our care. So if you are basically feeling included and, and valued, you know, how do you take that home? And now that home is our place of work. So I think um, that's kind of why you might see on my LinkedIn profile, I'm on this mission for an inclusive workplace. So that kind of all brings that together um, and why, you know, I'm really passionate and kind of want to do something and make a change. Well, look, I think it, it's a really strong message to, to to finish on. I think it's fascinating to hear what you're what you're up to and what Clear People are doing. So I want to thank both of you for your time today. Uh, well, it's three o'clock on a Friday afternoon, so I'm assuming at some point in the next few hours you will exit your separate rooms and <laughs> and resume married life <laughs> and have a lovely weekend when that happens. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank you for having us on here. Right, um, Akish. Yo, is your girlfriend at your house today? No. No. But there have been days where you are both working in the same house. Yeah. And you we don't work even for the same company. No, we don't know. But is there is there when when you do that, is yeah. are there moments where you kind of get to the end of the day and it's like switch off from work now, but work bleeds into personal time and it's like a little bit of a separation thing here, not not so easy? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I'm I'm in like the the top um and then she's in like the the dining kitchen area uh type thing um and i find myself when i go in sometimes basically we've got a signal where if the door's shut that means she's on a important call or whatever so that means i can't go in so sometimes i have been stood there waiting for a few minutes just trying to go make a cup of coffee um but <laughs> 
at the end of the day, it gets to that point, you know, when you kind of take, I don't know what people are like working from home, but I, I have a, a clutter on my desk of cups and water bottles and that sort of thing. And it gets to the end of the day where I'll start to try making some food and dinner, but, you know, she'll kind of be logging off. And it, it's, it's that kind of transition period between finishing work and starting a your, your own personal life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, which yeah. is Which is not like the office where it's control, alt, delete, log off, put your lid down, put your coat on, get your pass, you know, and then you're out of the building and it's that out that door. Yeah. yeah. Out that door. And then freedom. Yeah, exactly. To the pub, to the gym, to the train station, whatever, you know? Um, I just find it fascinating because for everything that we're saying here, we're experiencing, you know, I live with my wife. We're both doing a job. We're in a fairly small house, but there are times where I kind of am, am, am aware of the fact that it's the evening and I'm still working and it's mm. easing into time where we, you know, could be chilling out and having a conversation. Mm. And then you magnify that by the fact that not only is your partner or your your spouse working in the same environment as you all of a sudden, but you're running the same business. And I just mm. found it fascinating to see because because I suppose it's it's – it's it's exacerbating all of the dynamics that everyone's feeling and putting it under a microscope. And there was almost some learning from how do they, you know, if they can make it work, then everyone can kind of make this kind of cohabiting, co-working thing work. I mean, ridiculously well. I mean, or how it came across in the interview was that there's just no issues. They have adapted to it. I mean, they've had kids during it, right? Um, they've got married. No, they got married first. Married. Child. Kid company three months later Company three months later right so i mean yeah some some would say that could make or break your marriage to be fair if you start working with each other um but and 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 the way that they've probably done that and and to be honest hats off to them because i'm sure there's there's times when obviously things at work don't go well and if you're working together things at work don't go well with the person that you're living with that you're married to that's the mother or father of your child and yeah. do you know what i mean there's just so many emotions um, and the fact that the fact that they 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 are they very clearly articulated you know don't treat me like your wife don't treat me like your husband yeah yeah, yeah 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 which is I, i'm not that role right now <laughs> no exactly and and the fact that they're doing that and building out a great product is yeah hats off to them really to be honest they, they just start some sort of marriage counseling business alongside it to be honest yeah. Might be quite good relationship counseling who knows <laughs> how to work with your loved one during lockdown might might be good to be Mate, that might not be a bad idea the amount, yeah. the amount of incidents of uh i mean we had amicable on the on the podcast earlier in the summer who were kind of uh dealing with separation and divorce and we all know that lockdown has not been easy on people's relationships so yeah 100 yeah. percent not or you know how to uh, how, Gabriel, there you go. There's there's an extra niche, perhaps. There we go. There we go. How to alter your behaviour? I mean, you know, I'm quite a loud person in the office as it is, and obviously there's times when I'm very loud at home, and I've I've gotten texts to you know shut the fuck up and you know be quiet <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. So it it yeah, it takes time. It takes time, and and you know you got to kind of get through it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, a couple of other points that I thought were great. I, I thought it was great when she said about being bold, you know, for any will be entrepreneurs. And I suppose right now, I kind of can't work out if this is the time where it's easy to start a new business or a challenge. Hmm. I suppose if you if you've been made redundant, obviously it's it's an opportunity to take a punt. Hmm. But at the same time, you might kind of be worried about finances and stressed and need something more secure. Hmm. So it's it's 
I think it's a good reminder to hear that you do just need to be bold and believe in yourself if you've got a good idea that you you think can can take to market. Um, especially as many businesses have have had to pivot and rethink about what it is that they they offer. You know, so you've got you've got to be decisive and 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 make choices and decisions. There is, there is, and also I think there's an element of just getting yourself up and doing it. Um, I think there's so many external influences at the moment that are coming out. You know, at, at the drop of a hat. The, you know that our prime minister here in the uk could just announce that there's going to be a lockdown right so only non-essential shops are open you know all, all that sort of thing and at a drop of a hat it could be right we're loosening up the parameters again so whether or not you're waiting for the right moment i don't think there is a right moment at the at this stage i think it's just a case of if you've got an idea and you back it and you've got the kind of confidence in yourself, just do it. Just be brave because you never know. Um, you know, when it comes to starting a family, people always say there's never the right moment. Yeah, 100%. You know, look, 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 look at these two. They started a company, started a family and, and a marriage all, all pretty much at the same time by the sounds of it. Exactly. So, you know, and, and they sound like fairly say that's not the right moment and it's obviously worked out. Exactly. And and I think, I think you just have to learn from people's stories like that. And also, look, not every business idea is going to float, right? Not every not not every you know thing that you want to to make happen that will help generate revenue and 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 help boost your own personal kind of profile will work we know that but if there's ever a moment to trial things it's right now because i think the feedback from the market will be very very quick you've got so many consumers you've got so many businesses that are waiting for or open to now newer ideas also if you look at the startup industry a lot of the big guys you know the, the the kind of main people or what you would say you know the, the the kind of big players when it comes to to products within their kind of field they might be a bit expensive right so businesses might say oh i don't know if it's worth that initial investment maybe we should hold off you know the the the, the cash kitty isn't looking that great but for small startups which will be a lot more competitively priced sometimes large businesses may just take the punt you know they yeah. may just say all right, we'll, we'll try these guys out for a few months. We'll see how our teams are then performing. We'll see what the feedback is and if we need to go back and do more. And and it takes two, three of those and their business is booming, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that means a lot to smaller businesses like these guys as compared to the bigger players in the game, I think, yeah. um, which is good. But yeah, be bold, be brave and just go get it done really, to be honest. That's, that's, my, that's my personal opinion on that. I think she's got some great points around, you know, obviously the, the organisation exists to unlock ideas that are trapped in people's heads. I, you know, we've talked about the fact that uh, the pandemic has accelerated trends in, in the market. I, I think that she, they made a great point when they said it's more than, 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 than meetings. And this has accelerated the fact that awareness of the fact that obviously there were lots of times that people just sat in meetings and didn't say anything. Mm. So I think that was a good way of kind of breaking down why this is relevant and why it's become even more relevant. Mm. Um, but I also I thought the the uh, description of if you only hired sorry if I if I hired for a post from the entire market but you were only allowed to hire from twenty five percent of the market would you think that was sensible is a brilliant way of talking about inclusion and and, and inclusive hiring hundred mm, percent and it brings us <clears throat> it brings us to one of our favorite topics apart from the US elections um yeah. which is diversity and inclusion in the workplace you know um yeah it's just crazy i mean that pool needs to be bigger there's so much more talent out there as compared to that kind of you know what what, what did you say in the interview it was like a white male 
Paul or something like that, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So there's so much more I think that people can offer. And obviously now I think people's skills, uh, I, th- I think people's skills will hold more precedent when it comes to interviews or when it comes to, you know, trialing out for a role because I think the ease of comfortability um, of people being in their own space, remote working, um, I think people having the chance to actually be more creative and, and, and not be scared to voice their opinions, you know, um, because they're not in that kind of corporate or office environment where they might feel, Oh God, you know, I need to be a bit quiet because he's been here longer. She's been here longer. Maybe I'm not the, the kind of usual, you know, person that they hire. Maybe you can see that, you know, you may not be a, out of the, the the kind of minority or the majority um and anything oh maybe i should just keep a bit quiet here and, and relax on my opinions and kind of go with the flow i think now you'll see more creative ideas you'll see better people kind of coming out of the you know woodwork um and i think it will boost just just the results and it will boost you know the the, the organizations that that choose to hire them um mm. and increase that pool man you know, as an Asian guy, I can I can say that, right? <laughs> Obviously, you know, I, I'm I'm a massive advocate for it, and yeah, does it have an effect on me? Hundred um, percent. You know, I just think yeah. I just think people are being small minded. Um, we're no different as people. You know, yes, we look different and may come from different places, and 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 sometimes talk in different languages or whatever. But apart from that, if we're all striving towards the same goal, don't matter who you are. You know, white, black, Asian you know woman man whatever um so i think it's about the best people bringing the best minds and i think that's where we need to be diverse um in my opinion i think with that we'll say katia and gabriel thank you for being our guests on this week's show thank you clear people we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with some news uh well something from richard branson Now that we're officially in the run into Christmas, why not think about giving a gift with a story behind it? Alive and Kicking are using football as a force for good and helping to support mental health education across Africa. You can do the same by giving someone a football from aliveandkicking.org forward slash shop. Now the footballs come in retro 90s kit designs, so go have a look and give a unique gift that will help make a huge difference to more than just the person who receives it this Christmas. Right, okay, this is not, I suppose this is not directly Richard Branson, it's it's Virgin. Um, right. uh, and I'm not really a massive fan of Richard Branson after all the money that he said he needed uh, earlier in the year, but never mind. First passengers travel in Virgin's levitating Hyperloop pod system. Have you heard about the levitating Hyperpod? No, Hyperpod, I've not. I've not no. Last time I did hear was when he was asking for money. Did he get that in the end? Oh, I don't Do know. know. Let's not Do talk know? about that. Yeah. Press okay. it, isn't it? Yeah. No, so this is Richard Branson's Virgin Hyperloop, but if it's anything, to, from what I understand, actually, once you, you stick the Virgin logo on something, it actually has very little to do with Branson, but there we go. Um, so super high-speed pods could make the New York to Washington trip in 30 minutes, all right? Because what they basically have here are levitating pods that run on underground vacuum rails, uh, basically um, silently at up to 600 miles an hour. Wow. You're working that out. That's quick, that is. That is quick. I'm I'm, Um, I'm, I'm literally Googling. It would be twice as fast as a commercial jet and four times faster than a high-speed train. 
and about seven times faster than an F1 car, which I've seen kind of fly around a lap. Yeah, <sighs> so that, that's that's crazy. That is speed. That so is. They've, they've run 400 tests without human passengers at Nevada in their, their Nevada site, and this was the first time that um, that humans got inside. Fair play. Um, anyone who's familiar with Star Trek will know that red shirts in Star Trek are expendable and, and, and if there's an away mission they quite regularly get killed you kind of imagine you might stick a red shirt in something when it's the first time like this but no <laughs> company executives uh, Josh Giegel and Sarah uh, Luchian I don't know how, whether that's pronounced it's probably pronounced appallingly but anyway they got in and they didn't end up like I don't know tomato soup, soup or puree or something um, mm. so well done to them um, Virgin aren't the only one, by the way, uh, with um, a Hyperloop system. Canada's Transpod, Spain's Zeleros, also aim to upend traditional passenger and freight networks with similar technology, um, which they claim will slash travel times, congestion, environmental harm. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, Virgin are, are aiming to have this certified safe in 2025 and commercial operations by 2030. Whether or not that stays on track is another big question but it's certainly mm. exciting kind of feels like logan's run kind of technology uh, when they describe it and there's, there's another geeky reference but there we go yeah seems, seems mental do, and also do you need to be a certain fitness level because is, is there anything to do with like g-force how that affects See, your body I, I this but it doesn't mention anything I, I guess if it's traveling through a vacuum no yeah yeah i guess so you're it right works there. on magnetics and traveling through a vacuum yeah um i mean it does it does make me wonder that, well, if it goes wrong, it's going to go catastrophically wrong, mm. uh, which I suppose why they've, why they've done 400 tests without anybody in it. Yeah. That's a lot of tests before someone gets in it, right? It is a lot of tests, but also at the same time, it, it sounds bloody scary, to be honest. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I mean, you know, imagine Virgin got in touch with us, so right, you two, tech talks, you know, would you want to do it? Oh, I mean, there's... Yeah, London I mean, it's London to Manchester. I mean, as good as it sounds, and London to Manchester will probably be what seven minutes. Yeah, exactly. Seven minutes or something like that. I mean, that's 600 miles an hour, is it? It's about 150 miles, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, maybe something like that. But I, I don't know how I'd feel about that, five, to be honest. Yeah, five minutes. Um, but realistically, if that works, and also what's the cost? You know, is this just going to be another billionaire? you know excursion like, like when no, they, no, if it's cutting down congestion then no it's got to be it's got to be it's got to be affordable right yeah, yeah exactly not like their thing when they they wanted to take people up to the um virgin galactic yeah 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 yeah. Is, did that happen in the end it's still like yeah they're still pushing ahead with virgin galactic are they still, are they still pushing ahead with it right yeah so i mean but that was a that was a billionaire's you know little oh what'd you I do, do? Yeah, exactly. You know, I've been to space and back down into my my villa in in the Hollywood Hills. But, I don't but know. In, in fairness, like you know, we, we were talking, we were joking around last week with Haley saying that you know she'd like a transport system from Star Trek to travel mm. instantaneously. Aviation has not really moved forward in fifty, sixty years. No, there's been no real innovation in aviation, or like we can't get around the world any quicker than we could mm. thirty, forty mm. years ago. Hmm. I, th- I think the only changes that have come into aviation are the whole, um, you know, entertainment the, 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 yeah, entertainment, comfort, luxury, right? That, that's, yeah. that's 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 the only because the journeys haven't got any quicker, so therefore you have got to make them more enjoyable. The journeys ain't got quicker. The service is still the same, and you still are, you know, going in the same thing 
over and over again, right? I mean, God, I'm, I can't remember the last time I went on a plane, especially with all this stuff happening. But, you, you know, I, I think that that is an industry that could do with some, but also it's the expense, right? It's not, it's not cheap. It's not cheap getting just a normal aircraft from one place to another, let alone investing in technology, investing in the product, having everything behind. So if there is someone to do it, it's got to be someone like Virgin. Yeah, yeah. As much, as I mean, much as... I'd heard that there were talks about electric planes, which um, I don't know. Whether, I don't know. I just, I just again, anything, anything like that. I mean, planes generally, I, I get in them and I'm all right. But mm. when you look at, when you actually think about what what's going on, it's kind of scary. It is kind of scary. I mean, and and also, you know, people like Greta talk about it. I mean, she can try out a few, and then I'll see how right. I'll see how that goes. No, well, I mean, it's fundamentally like when you think about the fact that there's something that weighs tons upon tons upon tons, and it's a hunk of metal, and it's in the air. And I'm not a fan of turbulence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, electric planes, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, exactly, which is ridiculous and irrational, but it does make you kind of go... And also, it goes back to the thing, how, how are they producing all that electricity with all those, you know, people watching movies on board at the same time? Yeah, it's all very well being electric, but where does the electricity come from? There we go. Listen to last week's, uh, last week's podcast, right? <laughs> Good retro plug. Right. <laughs> We've rambled a bit, so I think we'll draw the show to a close. We'll be back on Friday, but uh, thanks for your time, Akish. No problem. I don't-